to Nobody Asked Her Opinion, a podcast where two Tweedledums sit down and talk about all things pop culture. This Tweedledum is Joanna. And this Tweedledum is JJ. And this is our podcast 2.0 because um, we tried to record this last night and uh, Joanna had full technological failure. <laughs> um, it, was, and it was quite a sight, ladies and gentlemen. Such excite, such fun. It was like one in the morning and we're like, do we want to just try this again tomorrow? And I'm like, yeah, let's, let's. Because at the rate we were going, I wasn't going to figure that out. It took me another 30 minutes to figure it out. Um, Because it turns out there's a settings button when you open up GarageBand and you hit choose new project. Below it, there's a button that says details. If you open the details button, there's a spot for your input. And mine was set to zoom. Oh, that's kind of dumb. And so I changed the uh, the input for the microphone to not be Zoom. And then I went and I was like, oh, look, I can record. And so then I went to play back and I couldn't hear anything. So I closed off the program, reopened it for a new program, and the output was also set to Zoom. <laughs> wow. The struggle's real, y'all. But we're here, we're back, and um, we're going to talk about some sad shit right now. Because... So many people died. It was tragic. Um, so I guess we'll start in the realm of fashion because um, the one that killed me inside was that uh, Andre Leon Talley died at age 73. It was very upsetting for my heart because I used to watch uh, Andre Leon Talley on America's Next Top Model. I love his thoughts and his inputs, and I'd listen to interviews and stuff with him uh, back when I was into fashion. And he would even say it, fashion. And and I also loved that he he would talk about, like, with one of the models for one of the photos and project on America's Next Top Model, he was like, he loved it so much, and none of the other, like, judges liked the picture. He's like... Are you kidding? I love this. I would hang it in my salon. (laughs) In my salon. (laughs) It's so funny. Are you like outside running a marathon? (laughs) No, I have a... a, Hold on, let me direct it elsewhere. Uh, Because it sounds like uh, you're like driving in a car right now. (laughs) No, I'll point the... I have a fan that circulates air, and that's probably what you were... So that way my air... Because I'm I'm recording at work, y'all. And so, like, the way my room is set up, I have um, uh, fans circulating the air in an air filter for the COVIDs. So, I'm got it. My, putting my fan elsewhere. Well, <laughs> there. I just saved uh, you giving Jonathan a massive headache. Going, uh, why? Fantastic. Why? Why didn't anybody tell him that it was like it sounded like he was in a wind tunnel? Because he was in a wind tunnel. We fixed it. You're welcome. <laughs> um, but yeah, so Andre Leon Talley died, and that made me sad. And then um, we also found out um, yesterday. Another fashion. Another fashion icon. Uh, another um, fashion icon. Terry Mugler dies at the exact same age of 73. Which is also heartbreaking. Mugler has made some wonderful looks. Um, oh yeah, pop stars love Mugler. Lady Gaga, from Lady Gaga to um, Cardi B, love Mugler. Mugler, oh, so such good, and so it's so very sad, much sad. Um, fashion, the fashion icons are are no longer with us. Um, also, um, rock star Meatloaf died at age seventy four. 
Um, yep. I'm sensing a pattern. Yep. If you are a, a, a creative in your 70s, check your, you know, ch- watch your back, check your pills, make sure that <laughs> everything is good to go because uh, 2022 is coming for you. And you t- you tell death not today, Satan. Not, not today. Not today, Satan. Not today. Um, and then comedian Louis Anderson died at age 68 this week. Um, and fun fact, Louis Anderson was the first Vegas show I have ever seen. I was 18. Yeah, it was the only him. thing I could, was, I was 18. It was the only thing I could do in Vegas. I could go see this show. Couldn't drink, couldn't gamble, but I could go see Louis Anderson perform at, oh, what was it? I think it was like the Camelot, something like that. I feel like this one, uh, X, no, the Excalibur. Excalibur, and it was in like the caliber, the the Camelot like room or something like that. Mm-hmm. Sure. But it was cool. He was very funny. I used to love his cartoon. Yeah, I grew up with his cartoon. Um, he, I wanted to watch his series Baskets that was on. I want to say Showtime. Yeah. Or uh, HBO or something like that, and never got it. Never got around to it, but it was got wild acclaim. He won awards for it, I believe. He won an Emmy for it. Yeah, so, I mean, he's funny people. Yeah, and it's always it's always sad when, uh, and he died of uh, like a blood cancer. Like he had. Lymphoma. Yeah. So. Yeah, was, that was crazy. I had no idea he was even suffering from that. Right. That's um, crazy. And, and then, last on our our list of death, celebrity deaths, um, the a, most tragic. <laughs> very tragic. Uh, star. Uh, well. Uh, Actor, actor of um, uh, Moon Knight, uh, Gaspard Uriel, uh, dies tragically at the age of 37 um, due to a skiing accident. Um, I'm telling you this, all celebrities avoid the skiing. I, can't, <laughs> I, I don't know, this is like the 18th celebrity death caused by skiing. Yeah, skiing's apparently dangerous. I'm glad I don't do it anymore. <laughs> I mean, I couldn't. I could never. No sense of balance. <laughs> <laughs> I could never. I'm too could gay never. for that. <laughs> Absolutely not. So, I will meet you up in the lodge with a hot cup of uh, Mexican hot cocoa, and you can gallivant among amongst the bunny slopes, and I'll just hunker down and get drunk. Fabulous! So, I'll get drunk after. <laughs> Ski responsibly. No, but the uh, the uh, this stuff though, it was it's heartbreaking because it was so sudden and out of place, and it's not like it was a oh like Gaspard was like super ill for a long time or uh, something like that. It was like oh nope, just accident, just pure accident out of nowhere, yeah. and you're just like oh well that sucks. Um, and it was also like, his on the death release, was so close to Moon Knight. It's just like oh he was he was oh. just getting into. His career. His career. Like, this moment was a huge moment in his career. And so, like, I just get to celebrate it. And, uh, that's just tragic. Um, yeah, and I think his death was reported two days after the uh, the trailer for Moon Knight came out, the full trailer. So, um, I know, I think Disney's released a few statements. And I think some of the other actors um, on, who have worked on Moon Knight have released some things, just uh, sweet things about just kind of being shocked and shock and awe and surprise. But um, that covers our Who Died This Week um, segment of our podcast. I hope that it is not a reoccurring segment. I'd like it to stop. 
God, it's been three, three, three weeks into the new year and just like... Every week. Every hey, week. who died hey, this these, week? All these important people died this week. <laughs> yeah. No, I uh, no more. To that I say nay nay. Um, but hey, JJ, you put something on uh, on our docket that is near and dear to my heart. Um, please tell me what uh, Foo Fighters, Patti LaBelle, David Diggs, Cynthia Revo, and Jim Hansen have in common. I will tell you, Joanna, and thanks for asking. <laughs> <laughs> But all those lovely people uh, have in common is Fraggle Rock. They all are featured on the um, the show's soundtrack for the new. Uh, I, th- I guess this would be considered a reboot. I'm so excited! I loved Fraggle Rock. It's and this time is happening Fraggle on Rock. Apple Plus, yo. And so Foo Fighters uh, released uh, did uh, a cover and does the intro song Fraggle Rock Rock. I'm so excited. I love Fraggle Rock and the I, the fact that they're rebooting it just tickles me inside. It's so it's just so delightful. Yeah, it's not only they, they're doing a 13th episode series on Apple TV and then there's going to be a movie reboot. If it's or no, this was from this comes from a uh, uh, a reboot in 2020 that Fraggle Rock had done. This is after that, so yes. Uh, so we're getting lots of Fraggle Rock, and like this, they've got heavy hitters on the soundtrack. I mean, we're talking Patti LaBelle, Cynthia Erivo, David Diggs. Are you fucking kidding me? Hello. I mean, I would listen to any album that they put out together, but the fact that it's all like, like Muppet related with the Fraggles. <laughs> yes. And we all know Joanna loves herself a Muppet. Notoriously love a Muppet. Oh, so, so exciting. So that's, uh, check that out on Apple TV. I think that's, that was just, that's just some fun stuff. That's some fun stuff. Yes. And I love that, that we, we decided to put that in news as opposed to things that are coming up because we're like, you know what? Sesame is, Street Muppets, that's hard news. <laughs> that is hard breaking news. Hard news. Um, speaking of some hard news, um, which is just a story I find entertaining. Um, so Disney's making a, doing a live action remake of Snow White. And Peter Dinklage has come out and basically said, um, that's fucking ass backwards. What the hell are you doing? It's insulting to people with dwarfism. And Disney kind of clapped back and just was like, calm down, bro. We're not being insensitive. We talked to lots of people about this. I'm sorry we didn't talk to you, but we're, <laughs> we're, we're, we're not, it's not going to be the cartoon where it's upsetting and uh, kind of maybe insensitive like it was, you know, in 1939 when we made the movie. <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, Disney, uh, Disney spokesperson's uh, quote saying, to avoid reinforcing stereotypes from the original animated film, we are taking a different approach with these seven characters and have been consulting with members of the dwarfism community. We've been looking. We are looking forward to sharing more as this film heads into production after a lengthy development period. So Disney's like, we hear you. We know we've uh, we're already addressing it. Calm down. We <laughs> we got this. <laughs> so good on you, Disney. I mean, fair. I mean, it's fair. It's a that's the tricky part when you have when you reboot some of these older intellectual properties that 
can be problematic. You have to address these things. And it's good to see that Disney is like preemptively like, whoa, 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 calm down. We've already addressed this. We're working on we're working on this. Well, and then I read an article literally today, which I was like, I'm glad we're recording today now because I just saw this article that was speculating that this was actually just a publicity stunt by Peter Dinklage and that he didn't really care. He was just getting his name back out there because Cyrano got pushed back again. So it's not coming out until February. So he's making himself relevant by being like this publicity thing. And Disney was like, oh, fuck, don't say that. No, we're fine. We're good. We're not we're not messing this up. I promise. (laughs) (laughs) And Peter Dinklage was just like, oh. Cool, I'm glad, but, like, don't forget I'm a person and come see my movie. But regardless, it's an important thing to, to bring up and to um, bring about. And I'm not saying that that's accurate. Um, but it I think it's like a Peter Dinklage thing to do, but, you know, I don't know him personally. I mean, we don't know any of these people we talk about personally, no. so it's all wild speculation. I'd like, yeah, I'd like to believe that Peter Dinklage is a little bit more of a classy act and not die and not would, wouldn't do something like that. That'd be that's a little that's a little crass. I mean, it's nice to hope, but um, I have we have another topic on here that it's like. And for once, I didn't put this on to the thing for us to talk about. JJ put this on for us to talk about. And so you can blame him for my excitement. But uh, <laughs> it's been announced that um, on Law & Order SVU, my favorite show, um, Olivia Benson, played by Mariska Hargante, because she has a son that she adopted like several seasons back, and now he's like a full-grown human now, um, is going to be bisexual. Um, and so that's like, oh, hey, that's cool. It's not nothing, anything that's like earth shattering, especially considering the things that they've dealt with on Law & Order. Like, I love that like Pride.com was like, oh, look, look, they're being woke and exciting. I was like, girl, they've been talking about gay people in proper ways and forms and context and like sex workers and um and women's rights and how to treat people and um, promoting like drag queens and like queer love and all of that good stuff since the beginning. But yeah, if we want to celebrate it again, I'm all for it because I love this show. Well, the article does, does point out that Law and Order has been uh, shining LGBT, uh, L- the light on LGBTQ um, characters since the, since the get go. But I think what's interesting about this part this particular instance is that it's a um, uh, it's a younger actor who is coming out saying that he is bisexual and and not because it not because of like some like dramatic overly wrought scene it's because he he was like yeah they were just teasing this friend that he was you know using they them pronouns he's like well I'm I'm bisexual there's no shame in that and and it was his like this is just being me I just wanted to. You know, this is just me being my truth, uh, living my truth. And I was like, yeah, that's, that's how it should go. <laughs> that's exactly how it should be. Just like, yeah, the most nonchalant conversation between uh, a mother and son. And just like, and obviously, her, Marisha Hargitay's character was like, that's, that's cool. And that's right, exactly awesome. how you should react. <laughs> I mean, like, you almost just want that to be a, yeah, this is this, this is this, but I mean, like, I'm bisexual, and this is how I feel, and I would, like, 
the scene for it to be perfection for me would be Mariska Hargantay's Olivia Benson being like, oh, that's nice, Noah. Okay, what did you want for dinner? Being like, not just being like, oh, cool. I accept and I acknowledge and I love you for that. But like, that's not like your defining quality that we need to harp on forever and been like, oh, this is so shocking to me. It would just be like, oh, and by the way, I think I'm going to ask Susie out to, you know, on a date. Like, and you'd be like, oh, that's nice. What do you want for dinner? Like, I think that would just be like the most like perfectionist thing of all just to be like, cool. I'm glad I'm glad you like you figured that out. Um, because I, figuring out your identity is hard sometimes. Now, um, did you want the mac and cheese or did you want the chicken nuggets? <laughs> I mean, it's just wonderful. And I mean, ugh, God, Olivia Benson would never, I love her so much. Ugh, she's perfect. I love this show. <laughs> I mean, I love, the, uh, uh, I mean, I'm not in love with the show as you, uh, as you are clearly, but like, I do enjoy the show very much. I, I watched it a lot when I was a, as a kid too. Um, and I mean, Fucking Christopher Maloney was a gay, gay awakening for all of us millennial gays. So, hello, daddy. Oh, yeah. No. And then, um, side note, because I have been watching the series and the series that Christopher Maloney's on because they're, like, interwoven together. Um, and they're, like, giving us this thing that the fandom has always wanted, which was for Christopher Maloney and... Uh, uh, and uh, Mariska Hargantay's character to hook up and be together because we're like, you clearly have chemistry and it needs to happen, but like the show writers never wanted that. But as act like as actors, they had amazing chemistry because they built this wonderful, beautiful friendship. So they had this wonderful on screen chemistry, and we're like, oh my god, just fuck already. And <laughs> they never did because Christopher Milani's character was married. But now the start of his character coming back was his wife dying. Um, because she was um, she was murdered in a way to a get to him, and now we're play- watching this dance again to where it's I really care about you, but you hurt me because you left, and I really care about you, but I don't know if it's appropriate time for me to do this, and where do we fit in this? And so we're still watching this dance, and I love that they're like they're still push they're now purposely pushing that at us. But they're also not being like, and now they now they're kissing. Like they haven't had that moment yet. And I love watching it build in wonderfulness. And this is why this is the best show that's ever existed. Fuck, watch Law and Order edition. Right? (laughs) We've been playing this game for a long time, a long time, and I love that they brought it back. Um, And on that note, let's talk about Drag Race. How about you set it up while I get the... Well, you get the timer going? Yeah. Absolutely, baby. Um, so we're going to jump into our segment called the Drag Race 20. is where we talk for 20 minutes and 20 minutes only about Drag Race. This is for you, not for us. Because when left to our own devices, we'll talk about Drag Race until tomorrow. Um, yeah, and I got a hard stop at 6.45, y'all. So this timer is this timer's a hard, hard stop. <laughs> it's always a hard stop, but it's a definite hard stop because we got to – JJ's got to get back to work. I got a, I got a show to direct um, that's 15 minutes after your stop. So we're going we're gonna to see what happens. We're pushing through, baby. We're pushing through. So you got that timer going, baby? Timer is ready. All right. Let me know. Ready and go. 
Okay. So I'm really enjoying these new set of queens, like this new set of queens now that they're all kind of roaming together. However, 14 queens is too many queens on my television all at once, only because I forgot that Lady Camden was even a part of the cast until about 75% of the way through the episode when her and Carrie, uh, who was it? No, it was her and Angeria started joking around. I was like, oh, yeah, you're here. <laughs> you're here representing Sacramento in San Francisco. Like, but like on her thing, cause she was living in Sacramento when she was on the show. And I'm like, and I forgot you were there. <laughs> well, I mean, I don't know if you experienced this to, uh, to, a, uh, to a point, but I always, there's always one or two queens from every season. I'm like, Oh yeah, that's right. You were on, you were on that show. Even while I'm watching, like, Oh yeah, that's right. You were there. Oh Go yeah, figure. especially the earlier, and so it was nice for the to have the split premiere, so you can kind of get to know everybody's name, yeah. figure out who everybody is, especially when you're jumping for in sure. between drag and out of drag, and you're like, "Who are you?" You get a kind of chance because uh, because some of those bitches look drastically different the out of drag. Transformation is a, it's drastic for sure. Oh, which one was the biggest one? It was Bosco, right? Bosco is like a completely different human out of drag. Yeah, because they go from isn't Bosco like way like super femme and like uh, like avant garde artistry, and then all of a sudden she's just like this you know Seattle because Bosco's the one from Seattle, right? Yeah, she's the one from Seattle with like a mullet the like mul- kind of yeah, look the thing. Hair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you're like, who is this creature? <laughs> <laughs> and you kind of just go like the head tilt to the huh? Okay. So I'm glad we had a split premiere. I'm glad. Um, I'm. I'm glad, and I'm not glad that they brought the other two girls back. I'm I mean, glad because, way. like, I'm glad because I really appreciate getting to see more drag from people. I'm less glad because I'm like, God damn it! I still have to pay attention to fourteen queens instead of just twelve. <laughs> but well, I any, really, any really like, yeah. But I really like Diabetti, so I'm like, I'm kind of glad she's back. <laughs> Yeah, and I think it's better that they brought them back at this point. It would have been it would have been worse if they had brought back even uh, brought back queens even later on, like they've done in seasons before. Because you mean like always, they did in Australia? In Australia, I mean even in main season drag yeah. race, like there's always a there's like as we get closer to the end or end middle of this of the se- season, they always bring back uh, a, a contestant for seemingly really no reason. Oh, yeah, they did do that for a while. And it was like when you hit, like, top six, they're like, let's bring a bitch back for a while. And they're like, why? Right, and it's always like, <laughs> why? And it's, so it's it's kind of nice that it's, it happened as early as it did. And in the in this kind of, like, split, like, premiere thing with Australia, it just felt like, oh, they're just bringing back art because either backlash or they're like, oh, we had more plans for art. And she got eliminated too quickly, and it wasn't supposed to happen. So we're trying to retcon this. <laughs> so it was very that. Although I still stand by, like I wish they had kept Art eliminated, or if they brought back all of the eliminated girls and let them compete for one of them to stay, that would yeah, have been done, cool. They've done because they've done stuff yeah. like that before too. But the fact they're just randomly like, mm, no, Art Simone, we're not done with you yet. You're the reason people are going to watch this show. Um, but I, I wish they would have kept her gone because her exit line was so good. It was so good because because she's sitting there sobbing and she was like, 
uh, she's like, I just, I've, uh, I've let down, I've, or I've let down everyone. And they're like, well, don't you think your fans would appreciate, uh, be like, be appreciative of you? Like a producer, like interviewing her. And she goes, it means nothing. Mm. <laughs> it was yep. so good. It was so dramatic. And I was like, this, this is what I want. And then bring her back for an all-stars to be like, I figured out how to do drag race now and I'm ready. And now I'm like, I don't even want to see you on all-stars because I'm really annoyed with you still. Like in a couple years, of, like they'll be like, and here's Art Simone. I'll be like, yeah, that bitch is fierce. But right now I'm like, uh, I don't care. No, no, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Like it's, there's it, timing is, is crucial. And I think that they, for, for these two Queens to come back after the, the premiere episodes, is good timing because it it also kind of it does kind of feel a little bit of a cop out like oh, oh first episode we're gonna eliminate a queen but not really um, yeah but it's but it's nice because then now we get the um, the basically Willy Wonka twist of the season where the girls get candy bars and whoever if whoever gets the golden bar <laughs> yeah whoever gets the golden bar. Uh, and happens to lose that particular episode's lip sync gets to uh, stay in the stick company, around. So, which is kind of so. cool. I mean, it's quote unquote putting it in, like putting it to the the drag, you know, gods. But really, it's just the producers' hands of being like, oh shit, we can't have her go home yet. <laughs> right. All right, somebody, t- all right, who's got her sleeve? Put it on a gold one. <laughs> <laughs> right. I, All right, it, it, now hand it. Now hand it to her. To do that shit. Yeah. Now hand this bar to her. We oh yeah. It, now that we know that it's gold, but it'll be fun to see what who ends up getting the uh, the gold bar. It, maybe it'll be a dramatic moment. Maybe it'll be something stupid. We'll we'll have to find out. Yeah, and it, it, that'll be exciting for that moment to happen and to watch it because even if it's super produced, I don't really care. It's still fun. And I yeah. think they that done this before, yeah, it in this way, so it's kind of neat to see, like, ooh, who gets the golden ticket? Wee. Well, that also I think then puts out that there is no double save from Rue for a lip sync because we ain't got that many. You don't have that many production episodes. Like they only order so many episodes of the show. So if they're like, we're guaranteeing one save with this gold bar, we can't be doing a bunch of other saves otherwise. And also it would like devalue the gold bar if Rue's like, ev- like, let's say like week five, Rue's like, God damn, that lip sync was fierce. You know what? Shantae, you both stay. And then the next week, somebody has a golden ticket or has a gold bar and you're like, well, we just saw Rue save somebody. So does that gold bar really mean anything? Well, I don't know if production would even make would even allow that to happen. I think they would make sure that the next episode somebody would get eliminated. Um, but I, I mean, but still, like if there's if Rue's able to still save anybody whenever she wants, I think it kind of devalues the gold bar. Like the idea, of like no, this is literally your only chance to stay if you lose a lip sync. Uh, or if there's a lip sync, because we have to have a winner or a loser every time. Well, you also uh, have the flip side. She can also decide that, like, oh, this lip sync fucking sucks. You guys both go home. Well, I mean, yeah, but if if she says, but you, you this lip sync sucks, you both go home. Then they both open their their gold bar or their bars, and what one person may or may not stay. 
Yeah, so like because that that doesn't devalue the gold bar. That like you're like, oh fuck, I still have a chance because that lip sync was boo boo. Um, we both lost our wigs, <laughs> and then you open up, you're like, oh thank God, I get to stay. Um, and so I can see that being a thing that happens, or two people going home and they're not having a gold bar. But I like who knows. But I just don't see there being a chance where Rue's gonna actually be able to do a double save because Rue's like. I liked both your lip syncs. Brooklyn Heights and Evie Oddly, you both stay. <laughs> yeah, maybe, I don't know. We'll, I mean, we'll have to see for sure. Um, but Those the, are just my speculations. It, it could very well happen, and it, we would be like, well, what the fuck? What's the point of this whole, what's this whole thing? And then it fall to shit. Uh, I think if the, I would imagine that if a double save did happen, a lot of production bigotry will have will ensue to make sure that the the golden ticket does not get pulled at any time soon. I if mean, anything, sure, but they'll probably have they'll probably make Rue decide a, on a on a double sachet just to balance it out, and then make things even keel again. I mean, probably. I'm just saying that, like, you want, like, you for at least the first season, if you're going to do this, like, pull this stunt again, you're going to want it to be really novel. Yeah, so I'm just saying, like, I don't think that there would be a double sachet, uh, or not a double sachet, a double chantay with having this gold bar in place because, like I said, I think it makes it lose the novelty of the bar. Uh, if it's like Rue's like mm, I'm not saving both bitches like you better hope and pray you got a fucking gold bar under I there if happens. you do well that'd be, that'd be intense like I can just see it just being like I want it to be like an angina moment mm-hmm. where Rue has to get up from the desk and walk away because she didn't have enough episodes to save two people during the first season and she's mm-hmm. like somebody has to go home so she like got up and walked away and she's like angina I didn't think anybody could outshine you but BB did. So sashay away. And you're just like, <gasps> and I would love for that to be a moment to where you have like these two powerhouses who give this like, and I don't even want there to be like, I want the gold bar not even to happen at that moment. So there really is like, I can't save you. You better hope and pray you have a gold bar and, or have the gold bar have already happened and Rue's like, that was it. That's the only save that was here. I can't save anybody else because that's what we're doing. Um, either that or have that intensity of having somebody open the bar and have it be chocolate. Oh my God, that would be like, um, like, could you imagine if for some reason, like you had like a cornbread and an angeria in the bottom for some reason, and they both like slay the house down boots in their lip sync, and then she ha- Rue has to eliminate somebody? Mm-hmm. Exactly, yeah. I think that's mm-hmm. what they're hoping for to happen. Like, oh, uh, want well, something like that to happen. Well, I'm assuming something, maybe not even something that dramatic, but something will happen because, like, I was watching a Mirror Mangled video about it, and, like, and they were talking about it, and they're like, well, Mm -hmm. this gold bar, like, has to be in somebody's thing because they would just edit it out if the gold bar never came into play. Like, if whoever had the gold bar was never in the bottom and it, like, it never came into play, like, they would just edit it out. And because they don't talk about it any other time except for during the lip syncs at the last minute, like right when somebody's going to open it. Like, so they can easily edit it out and been like, well, that was a flop. That didn't work. We should produce that better next time. Um, 
if it doesn't come into play or if it doesn't drastically alter the season in a way. And right, like uh, the 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 girl who has the golden ticket ends up being the like going into the final or winning the entire season. Like that would be like murmur. <laughs> yeah, that'd be dumb. Or you know, or it's like. Yeah, like, it just, it never gets used, or it's, uh, like, the person who has the golden ticket, like, like you said, just made it to the final, and you're like, oh, and she never, and she never had to lip sync, so yeah. you didn't have that, that, that issue, or she does lip sync, and she wins everyone, so she never had to open her gold bar, like, right. you're like, like, the lip sync assassin of the season, yeah, I, she had the golden ticket the whole time, and you're like, well, fuck, <laughs> Um, That'd be a but, gag, though. That would be a gag if the if one girl was like survived four liftings in a row or some crazy, and then she finally reveals at, like the finale that she had the golden ticket. That would have been like, well, fuck, damn. <laughs> or no, I think it would be like because of a way instead of having it be like you find out at the finale, like you have someone like a Cameron Michaels who wins like four lip syncs in a row and then you hit the last one and you get fuck him in the bottom one more time and Rue's like I can't keep like and then yeah you're fierce but I can't do it. it and then all of a sudden it's like oh shit I have the golden bar yeah, <laughs> I get to stay anyway crazy. that would be crazy because some fierce competitors have gone home just because they're not good at drag race but they're good at lip syncing so they get to keep staying and mm-hmm. I would just like, man, if they had a gold bar just to last one more week, you're like, man, I would love to see you on my television just one more week. Right. Oh, that'd be good. I can see it going that way. I don't know. I'm excited to see how it plays out. I'm really enjoying it. Um, yeah, so far and- the season's been going going really well. And like you said, the this current crop of queens is really interesting. I mean, fucking love a cornbread. Willow Pill is her talent is wildly absurd and it was fantastic in the best ways, um, and even like the even the like lower moments like you, we 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 love Diabetti even though like she did get eliminated for her um, for her talent show uh, uh, her talent show episode, um, but uh, I'm really starting to like. Uh, these queens in uh what is their next this next episode supposed to be a, an acting challenge so we'll get to see yeah. their acting chops work and then also next week is going to be uk versus the world starts that's right yeah you're right and that's going to oh, be i think exciting. on I think it's going to be on WOW. I, I like, I'm trying to remember because I looked it up because I was like, do where? how do I have to watch this? Because I have most of the streaming sites, but I don't have cable. So it's like I don't have VH1. So I've been watching this on WOW with my uh, VPN for this season. And I'm like, do I have to use my VPN for this too? And I'm like, I don't. I think it's just right, going to be airing on WOW Presents. Mm-hmm. And that's exciting. So that's going to start on t- next week on Tuesday. And that's so excited. So that means we're going to have... Tuesday and Friday episodes. Nice. Yeah, and I'm glad they're not on the same fucking day or, like, a day after each other. Like, please keep this on give Tuesdays. Some, yeah, keep, give, us some, give us some time. Give it, like, split it out just a little bit. It's so much easier. And especially because it's, like, these are going to be, like... It's, like, an all-star season with a regular season airing at the same time. And that's unheard of. No, that never, that's never happened. And that's, and that's so basically exciting. what this is. This is like international all-star 
Yeah, at the same time as an American main season. So. Oh, and did you watch the Meet the Queens for them? Oh, it was fucking fierce. Oh my god. I love that Monique Hart is now just Mohart. Mohart. And I'm like, yes. I love her. I love her so much. the, The branding. The branding. That is smart branding. She's so good. And Jujubee. I think I sent you the, the meme of it's Thanos with uh, Infinity Gauntlet. And uh, instead of Thanos' face, it's Jujubee's face. And she's and it's got like, instead of the Infinity Stones, it's, it's like Drag, Drag Race Season 2. Uh, drag, I fucking drag died. Drag All Stars 1. Drag Race, Drag You. Drag <laughs> the... Uh, uh, what was the uh, the singing competition? Uh, the uh, Queen of the Universe, Queens of the Universe, All Stars Five. What'd you say? Queens, of, it was Queens of the not Universe. Yeah, Queen of the Universe. That was the singing competition, right? Carol. Sorry, my headphones were being funny, and I didn't hear most of what you just said, but that's fine. Oh, it's not it's not super important anyhow. It was just the, that meme with Juju and having the infinity gauntlets Ju- and all the no. all the seasons of drag race. <laughs> Is technology being mean to me again? I mean I can hear you. Can you not hear me? You're breaking up a bit. I mean, I haven't moved, so I don't it know. It shouldn't why. be me. I was going to say, because I have three bars. I don't know. Technology's fun, friends. Are we still in Drag Race 20, or did we finally stop? No, we have a couple bits more. I heard. We have a couple more minutes. I don't, I don't know if. I mean, I. Can you still not hear me? I can hear you now. I'm just my hands up the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> then my hands up to play my song. But yeah, the uh, UK versus the world was good. The Meet the Queens was sick. Um, Jimbo still terrifies me. Uh, <laughs> I love Jimbo. And I'm so excited for Jeannie Jack Hay. Like to be very, very honest, like I'm super excited to see what she's what she's gonna do. She was so I love her. Fierce on her season, and I'm really excited to see what Pangina Heels is going to do because that's she's she's the one queen I'm not super familiar with. Que pasa? Hello. Hi. Uh, are we back? Can you hear me now? Yeah. Okay. Sorry, yeah, I'm like, because mm, I, I heard you start to say something, so I'm moving my phone closer to my headphones, and I'm going to see if that helps. The technology, technology is stupid. Real, oh, for, for, for real. Is it time for us to take a break? I mean, we have 30 seconds. We can essentially call it a break. <laughs> huh? We have 30 seconds left, but yeah, we can. Oh, we have 30 seconds left? Oh, well then, 
Um, I'm also really excited about Pangina Heels because I don't know much about her, and um, her Meet the Queens was fucking fierce. It was, for sure. For sure. Yeah, I'm excited about her. Her and Jamie Jackay are the ones I'm looking for, looking forward to. And Jujubee, I love the Jujubee. Okay, bye. <laughs> there was the timer. And that's the timer, so now we're going to take a break. Take a break. Back, 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 back again. Welcome back. All right. So let's talk about uh, the book of Boba Fett. You watched your two episodes, Correctamundo. Correctamundo. Ugh. Okay. So I really like this show, and I'm starting to realize it's a very, like, it's an unpopular opinion. (laughs) I'm, like, I get where a lot of people are coming from. I felt that kind of way in the first couple episodes. So it, I felt the first few episodes were a bit of a slog. It, I think episode four is when it, when I feel it start really to pick up. Um, I just like learning. Of, I like the kind of the backstory that we're getting of Boba Fett. I think that's really interesting and really fun. And to see how that like kind of plays into what he's, what he's dealing with now as he's trying to um, set himself as being the the new what's it called Dymo of the era. yeah the Dymo. So like it's it's really interesting to see how like his his past experiences are informing what he's going through currently. So I think that's really interesting. I think I think what it, the number one criticism is just it just seems real boring. Like it's just like a lot of talky talky. Yeah, but I, I don't mind the talky-talky because I feel like it's going to have a good payoff. And I think that, like you said, I think it's really good storytelling. Um, but, yeah, I guess as the majority of the world, people are like, mm, this isn't exciting as The Mandalorian. Um, but, but The Mandalorian was also a lot of talky-talky. This, this show doesn't have a, you know, a baby Yoda to attach yourself to yet. No. We got and baby I- Rancor, though. And uh, anything that Ming-Na does, uh, she just has to just saunter into the, into the shot, and I'm like, fucking fierce, bitch. Yes, yes, work, yes. <laughs> yeah, so, uh, no, I agree. Um, did you, at the end of the fourth episode, did you clock the music? Oh, I don't remember, no. Oh, so at the end of the episode... Because uh, Boba Fett's saying, we need a, uh, he's like, we're going to need, you know, we're going to need some more, uh, some like an army. And uh, uh, Fennec Shan goes, well, you don't need an army. We just need some muscle, but we can hire muscle. Um, and he's like, if you look and he, he goes, oh, do you have any ideas? And she's like, you just got to look in the right place. And then the Mandalorian theme song plays. Oh, I couldn't even. I wouldn't have. I wouldn't have gotten that. I couldn't. I couldn't hum that tune if you asked me. Well, because it's the very like westerny with the little whistle sound. Uh, it's sure. No. Oh. You just watched all of the Mandalorian. Um, uh huh. And. 
I figured if anything just if anything from the Mandalorian stuck with you besides Baby Yoda, it would have been the fact that there was music cues. You would have under, you like you would have heard the music sounds and been like that. That's a familiar music sound. But yeah, so the you implication know what they say is about assumptions that you're an ass. Uh, uh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um, so there's like the implication that. Uh, Fennec Shand is going to go uh, get uh, Mando back for us. And um, I'm not going to lie, I already watched episode five because it's already aired, but I won't talk about it because I know you didn't have time to do that yet. Not at all. No. Not at all. But uh, episode five is real good um, for reasons. Um, <laughs> and. Uh, You'll watch it and be like, oh, this is really good. And we'll talk about it next week because it'll be really good. Um, did you like the uh, Power Rangers motorbikes that these, like... Te- I thought that was fun. That was it's silly little, yeah, fun. Amber Crombie models yeah. get off on their... Get on, jump on their uh, Power Rangers bikes <laughs> to go, you know... When Urban Outfitters meets 90s uh, <laughs> Power Rangers movies. Right, it was so funny, and I was like, "It's so silly." Um, there's a video somewhere. I'll have to find it, and I'll I'll see if we can post it, and I'll send it to you later. But of uh, someone like mashed up like that scene with the Power Rangers theme song, of course, the and you like it's the theme song while they're doing the chase, and it's like I'm like, "Mwah, mwah, Chef's of kiss." Of course they did. Of course they did. It's so good. It's so silly. Um, but I like this show. I like the, the character development we're getting with Boba Fett. And I think my wish is that the episodes were all a little bit longer to give us just a little bit more each time. Uh, I mean, I'm okay with the length. If anything, it's, I just think that like maybe the pacing could be, could be like sped up a little bit, if anything. Uh, well, see, because I, wa- I still like all of the things that we're getting with the slow pacing. That's why I would want the episodes all to be a little bit longer so you can kind of throw in a little bit more action-y things. But, I mean, that's just, that's just a minor critique on my end. Otherwise, I really like the show. And yeah, I really I'm hope we see more. I really hope we get more of Danny Trejo. <laughs> For real, right? Because <laughs> you're like, I want more Danny Trejo and the baby Rancor. I love who's like, I just want to write it. <laughs> and Danny Che is like, fuck yeah, we'll let you write it. You got it, dude. <laughs> but that just tickles me. And um, yeah, I think there's only, let's see, this is this week's episode five. Yeah, like what, two more episodes? Three more episodes? I think three. I think they're, they're living in the, um, or maybe, I don't know if they're living in the, the realm of six episodes or eight episodes. They kind of go back and forth depending on the project, and I don't remember how many episodes this had. And I, I just know that it's re- like the end is like pretty close. It's it's soon. Like I it, it, it's very it, soon. I don't see it being longer than eight episodes. Yeah. All right. Well, JJ, tell me about the nanny. Oh, the nanny. The nanny named Fran. Because, you know, she was just a girl from Flesh and Queen. Yes. But uh, the I only was able to get in two episodes this week, and they were both ridiculous. 
Um, the first the first episode um, featured uh, a couple of hard hitting like big name uh, cameos. We get Elizabeth Taylor and Rosie O'Donnell in one episode. I mean, and Rosie O'Donnell in the '90s was huge. That was like huge. It would be less exciting now to see a Rosie O'Donnell cameo, but like in the 90s, that was everything because she still had her own TV show. She still had her own TV show. She was doing movies. She was top of her game for sure. Oh, yeah. And she played like very similar to her character in, in uh, League of Her Own, League of Their Own, where she was like that hard hitting, like New York. Uh, she played a, a cabbie. And was at first really like put off by Fran, but once they realized like, oh, they they really love Elizabeth Taylor, they start to like become the best of friends. Yes. <laughs> um, and the whole episode is based around the fact that because of sitcom logic, Fran is tasked to deliver Elizabeth Taylor's pearls to uh, some. I forget where they need to be, where they need to go. Um, but obviously, they get lost. Um, and it's so dumb how they get lost because <laughs> she's in a cab with Rosie O'Donnell and Rosie O'Donnell's like, oh, I fucked up my mascara. Let me fix my mascara. And she like has to come to like a sudden abrupt stop at a red light, which causes Fran to like hit her head against the partition and pass the fuck out. And not only that, she now doesn't remember who she is. And gets amnesia because of sitcom logic. Um, yes, and so like the whole episode, the most bulk of the episode is them trying to get Fran's memory back, um, but uh, the, uh, this episode features uh, the latest uh, ent- uh, entry into Fuckwatch, the Nanny Edition, um, because Fran, thinking she's actually married to Mister Sheffield, actually starts to uh, she like sneakily hops into a bath with him and i mean this is i mean they're in they're in the tub naked ooh la la one is funny because she hops into the bath and she's like uh he goes what are you i was like what are you doing and she's like well because we're married and he goes i mean uh (laughs) and then he goes well uh I didn't want to tell you this, uh, want to surprise you like this, but happy anniversary. And she goes, oh, and he goes, no, I can't do this. You're not, you're yeah. my nanny. She's like, how dare you? Scandaloso. It's so funny. I love it. It was one of my favorite bits. Um, yeah. And then, you know, and then she ends up getting her memory back and remembers that like she lost the pearls. And then that's when the fucking episode ends. And I'm like, where the fuck the pearls go guys? Like, well, there are yeah. the, the implication is that they are left in the cab, but we don't know what happened to them otherwise. So obviously Rosie O'Donnell's, like Rosie O'Donnell's hanging out with them because it's her cab. <laughs> Rosie O'Donnell has, to, has Elizabeth Taylor's, uh, uh, pearls. Uh, yeah. Her has her pearls. Exactly. But, uh, and then the next episode is just, um... It's just silly. (laughs) She, like, dates a a, a hockey player and who's, like, super, super, really superstitious and she, like, wants to break up with him, but because, like, apparently this is, like, one of the rare times that Maxwell Sheffield is, like, a stereotypical man because he's like, but I like the sports and he's in the sports and he gives me access to the sports, so I want you to keep dating him because of the sports. 
And you're like, yes, this is totally in tune with your character. Yeah, that's exactly what the the Broadway producer. (laughs) This Broadway producer from England is super into American hockey. (laughs) But sure. But okay, sure. Um, But uh, she does do this really uh, hilarious, like, striptease in the locker room for the hockey player. And she does, like, all the things that's supposed to give you bad luck. Like, she wears the number 13 on her her shirt, and she's like, uh, breaking mirrors, and, like, uh, she's, like, apparently wearing red shoes in sports when you're in, like, a losing streak is a bad omen. So, like, she's, like, wearing these, like, fierce red shoes. And... Just to be just just to like kind of rub it in his face, hysterical. It's it's so campy, it's so dumb, but uh, it's hilarious. And Fran is you know, Fran is looking fantastic while doing all of these things, and it's uh, it's to die for. I love that. Um, and on that note, we're gonna take one more quick break. Let's do it. Oh my god, I cannot with the housing market right now, Joanna. Have I not told you about Capital Realty Center? Oh, the premier realty group that supported and succeeded throughout the California landscape? Now I remember. If that's what you're looking for, call Kathy Johnson at 916-606-0687 to win that next bid. That's Kathy Johnson with Capital Realty Center at 916-606-0687. License number 0202-1378. And we're back, 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 back again. Hey, y'all. Hi. Um, so we got some uh, movie things that are coming up that are um, kind of exciting. And um, a couple things that I threw on here because I was like, huh, that's the thing that's being made. Um, so I guess I'll start with the, huh, that's the thing that's being made. Um, the Cuphead Show will be on Netflix February 18th. Um, it was kind of because it's, uh, you know, based off the video game where I guess um, a cup that's also a head goes and like, you like trade your soul to the devil to do things. I think that's the basis of the game, if I remember hearing that correctly. And uh, it's supposed I, to be I like know they, they shoot finger guns. <laughs> yeah, and then like it's like wickedly hard to play. Um, but it looks like a Looney Tunes fever dream, and so I'm kind of like, that looks fun. I won't watch yeah, it, but it looks fun. Really cool. Yeah, I don't think I would understand uh, uh, what's really happening, but like the art style is really cool. It's like very pinup old-school animation. Yeah, it reminds me of, like, old-school, like, old school, like Merry Melodies. Yeah. But, like, with brighter colors and cleaner lines. But it looks fun. Um, the other thing, I was like, huh, that's a thing that's happening. Bob's Burgers movie. <laughs> it's coming out May 27th. And I'm, admittedly, I'm not someone who's watched a whole lot of Bob Bur- Bob's Burgers. It's a um, show. It's so funny. I've heard amazing things, um, and it's something I've been meaning to get into. I just haven't. But the movie um, trailer is um, perfection because the first <laughs> 15 seconds, at least, of the trailer looks is a live action, basically a Burger King commercial. Yeah, and it's, it's, it's basically like a, a, a real, it's like a real life fast food burger joint commercial. And then you're just like, oh, it's Bob's Burgers? That's so random. I remember there's, I think there was a pop up in L.A. a few years back that would like, because one of the gags in Bob's Burgers is that Bob would have like a signature, 
burger of the day, and it's always like some sort of pun. Um, and some uh, a pop up at some point in um, I think like a few years back compiled all of those like burgers that he uh, posts that he posts in the cartoons and like actually made them into a menu so you can actually get these burgers made for immigrant life that's so it was amazing. like a huge yeah i was like that's actually ridiculously smart i love that and and in true like bob burgers fashion the whole trailer is just like you said it's like a it's like a mcdonald's fever dream it's it's so silly it's incredibly like i've i've seen like a couple seasons of bob's burgers and it's it's exactly what you want from a bob's burgers movie it's so it's it's i i will probably catch this i think i'd, I'd end up watching this amazing um uh well we've made it to the end y'all Thanks for listening to Nobody Asked Our Opinion. You can send us an email with any and all of your opinions at nobodyaskedouropinion at gmail.com. Follow us on the uh, on the TikTok and the Instagrams at Nobody Asked Our Opinion. And listen to us on the YouTubes at Nobody Asked Our Opinion Podcast. Follow Joanna at Joey Snow 2006. You can follow me at piano score uh, at piano man underscore zero five. And follow our unpaid intern, Natalia, at the Third Rule Creative. Uh, follow our 10-minute recap master, Miranda D. Lawson, at Miranda D. Lawson. And follow our producer, Jonathan, at Jelly Sound. Rate us and leave a review. Tell your friends. Tell your family. Listen to us. It helps our algorithm thing <laughs> make us famous. All the things. All the things. Join us next week. <clears throat> Join us next week where we talk more about pop culture and bullshit. Okay, bye.